Hey everyone, Alex here. I just wanted to let you know before the start of this 13th off-season episode of Raise the Roof, the lucky number 13 bit us in the butt this episode. As we experienced some technical difficulties during our Zoom recording, I just wanted to apologize about that ahead of time. Two quick things before we begin our 13th off-season podcast. First off, we wanted to send our condolences out to the Los Angeles Dodgers and Atlanta Braves families after the passing of three Hall of Famers and all-time baseball greats. Manager and coach Tommy Lasorda, right-handed pitcher Don Sutton, and outfielder Hank Aaron. All three will be missed dearly in the baseball community and forever help change the game we know and love today. Again, our thoughts and prayers are with those organizations and their families. The second thing is about the recent news surrounding now former New York Mets general manager Jared Porter and what he did to a female reporter while he was with the Chicago Cubs organization. It's absolutely disgusting the actions he did and took, and we are glad to see the swift actions taken by Mets ownership to remove him from the position within eight hours of the story breaking. However, the biggest thing here is is that women deserve a place in sports and are an integral part of the fabric of sports, and it's stories like this that make a lot of people wonder, well, why aren't there more women involved in sports? It's because people like Porter somehow continue to stay in sports and make it uncomfortable and unsafe for women to do their jobs, whether as reporters, team employees, or in other positions in organizations or around the sports world. We are very proud of the women who are now involved in the Raised Roof Network, and we can hope to continue to push for more women to be involved in baseball and sports as a whole because there is a place for everyone and no one should be discriminated against or looked down upon in any place of work, especially sports. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy this 13th off-season episode of Raise the Roof. It's time to raise the roof for our 13th off-season episode. Thanks, everyone, so much for tuning in. We have a great episode for you today with us, our special guest, who I will introduce in just a second. But first, let it be known that the trio is here. The three amigos are here, me, Evan, and Gibby. We are all here for this podcast, which would be a good podcast. So that is good. And we have a good guest. And we have a fantastic guest. You probably know him better as Wadini on Twitter, the man behind the Twitter account, Jeremy Daigle. Jeremy, how are you? Uh, Welcome to the podcast. How's everything going? Yo, thank you for having me on. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So we're going to start out this this lucky 13th offseason episode once again talking about who might become our rival at some point, the Padres. Front office rival. Front office rival. Let's do it. Let's call it that. So the Padres are back in the news. AJ Preller cannot stay away from the headlines. The Padres traded for Pittsburgh Pirates starting pitcher Joe Musgrove, who came over in a three-team seven-player total trade. The other piece that didn't go to the Padres was Joey Lachese, left a left-handed starting pitcher who ended up going over to the Mets. I know that we had possibly discussed him as a future maybe trade target for the Rays. Obviously, that's no longer in the cards. How do we feel about this trade for all parties involved? And why is it now that the Padres are deciding to go all in this Musgrove deal now being the third starting pitcher that the organization has traded for this offseason? Obviously, they got one thing on their mind. They want to topple the Dodgers. They want to take out the king of the, the king of the kingdom. You know, they want to they want to represent the National League. So I think that's obviously their goal here. They're kind of just going all in on the on, on this year, I think. And it'll, it'll just be interesting, you know. We'll have to see how, how the team actually plays, but they're, they're getting really close to those Dodgers. I feel like possibly the only reason they did this deal, maybe they don't, maybe they have an injury that we don't know about yet and or they're worried about one. That's the only reason because right now that pushes Paddock most likely back to the five spot in the rotation, if I'm correct. Personally, they now probably have one of the best rotations. They already did have one of the best rotations, but now they mm-hmm. probably do have the best one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree that I think it is. I mean, every year the goal is to win the the division and ultimately the World Series. But I think after last year, the Padres realized that that vision is closer than they had previously thought. And so they see these opportunities to go get starting pitching, and they've done it. But they also, another trade in which they give up, I mean, three or four prospects. Like, I think the Pirates did really well on that trade. They're already in the rebuildings. Like, I mean, what, they were last in the NL last year, I think. They're already in the midst of rebuilding, so I think this trade just because in the end the Padres don't really need them, but I like what the Pirates did there. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can agree with that. Um, I kind of feel like the 
Pirates could have fleeced them. There's a chance that they could have. I mean, the main guy that they got, like the main person they wanted was Hudson Head. And people have compared him to top prospect Brandon Marsh. So, I mean, he's only he's still young, 19 years old. There's, he still has a throw. But the Pirates did very well in that deal. Clearly, clearly the Padres have been kind of selling themselves short on their future and their future depth to get to kind of start winning now like i mean clearly that's what we see you know they, they're training away a lot of their prospects so it'll be interesting to see um how much this group can produce and if it can if it can profit for them you know if it can be a if it's a if it's going to be a good move if these are good moves they're making or in the long run they'll be looked down upon it'll be interesting to see definitely I was just going to say that I think that's why I don't really like this trade that much for the Padres because they don't need more starting pitching. I mean, sure, you want to load your you want to load your rotation up, but I don't think to this extent because I understand like getting one starting pitcher like Blake Snell and giving up three or four prospects, but not three times. Like they've done it with Snell, you Darvish, and now Musgrove. So I just think that's overkill. I mean, it'll probably help them this year and maybe the next year, depending on how long those pitchers are under control for. But in four or five years they're going to have nobody in their farm system. It should make them a contender more than what they were before. I don't know how much more considering that Musgrove has been a good starter, but he hasn't been amazing. They're adding another rotational piece to their pitching staff. They, they, they definitely are loading up and I don't know if they're going all in on 2021, but who knows? The Padres weren't the only team making headlines recently as the evil empire in the Bronx has awoken from its winter slumber with nightmares of Mike Brasso's series-clinching home run replaying in a loop for months on end. Yes, the New York Yankees have made a few offseason moves in the last week, most notably re-signing second baseman DJ LeMahieu to a team-friendly six-year $90 million contract. Along with DJ, the Bronx Bombers also brought in two-time Cy Young Award winner Corey Kluber on a one-year $11 million deal. However, the right-hander hasn't been fully healthy since the 2018 season. How do we feel about both of these deals, especially the LeMahieu contract? So I would say that obviously the DJ LeMahieu deal is a good deal. I think I think twenty million for DJ LeMahieu is kind of a steal. It to wasn't. Be honest. It wasn't like, even twenty million either. Yeah, it, it was like fifteen. Like, yeah, it was so fifteen a year. Kind of, yeah, kind of crazy. Like I, I feel like he he could really go get his money, but I I guess he really likes being a Yankee. So for at least one more year or a few more years. So I like I like the DJ LeMahieu deal. Obviously, he's a, he's proven himself. It'll be good for their team. The Corey Kluber deal, eleven million, and you got a lot of concerns. I guess that's like kind of chump change to to the Yankees, but you know they've been spending less this this offseason, definitely. So it's it's kind of surprising that they would. It's kind of a takey chance, but you know it's Corey Kluber. You know he's always he's he's gonna try he's gonna bring something back. I, I'd obviously be concerned about all those injuries, but. I think it's kind of a little bit too much money for Corey Kluber, but I, it's a Yankee deal, so it makes sense to me. So I like I like both of them, to be honest. First off, the LeMahieu deal, I think the Yankees didn't. They did incredible on that deal. Six years, I think, is too long. I think it should have been more about four or five. Ninety million to steal, though. Definitely. Compared to what it was supposed to be around, like at first they said it rumored around 120 million. Him for 90 million to steal, and for Kluber, I think that's, I think that's too much. I think I would personally sign him probably if I was, if I was a GM, I'd probably sign him personally. And we haven't fully seen him pitch healthy in two years, so we don't know if he's still got the stuff that he used to have. And I, and I, I, I agree with everything I said before. Just I think it's just too much money personally. But the Yankees ha- do have the money, so yeah, I would. I mean. First of all, I have no clue how on this earth that LeMahieu only has is getting 15 million a year. The Yankees did like like uh, Jeremy said, they did an amazing job on that contract because despite all the rumors, all the rumors said that he was going to LA and somehow New York's paid him 15 million a year. And for 6 years, I agree it's a little too long because he's what 32 right now or 33. I mean somewhere, that's practically somewhere in that age range. The end of his that's practically He's going to retire a Yankee, probably. So that might be a little bit too long. But, I mean, that price tag is unbelievable. That's one of the best signings I think I've ever seen in recent memory. And second of all, on Kluber, yeah, I think it's too much. One year's fine. I think I like the one-year deal. But if I was the GM, I would have probably given him 7 or $8 million just because he started one game last year, but he pitched like an inning, I think. And then two years ago, he was 2-13. and 
two and three with a 5.80 ERA. So that's just not that good. He's been injured. He's not, I just don't think that's worth double digit million in the millions, but it's a good signing nonetheless. It's just for a little bit too much. And they saved when they signed the Mayhew. So they had a little bit extra to spend. So they probably, so they kind of just spent it all on Kluber, I feel like. And going back to like a podcast we had earlier about who we want as a pitcher coming to Tampa, like that kind of frees up Paxton a little bit. Paxton was one of the, like the names that we brought up and I personally really want him just because he's kind of – he's not as good as Blake Snell, but he's a lefty starting pitcher, reliable, a veteran. like, And I think that allows for him to kind of be able to kind of look at other teams. He's a free agent, I believe, so mm-hmm. we can go get him. Uh, then Tanaka's – I don't think there's any way Tanaka's coming back. So I'm not saying that I want the Rays to sign him. I just think it's better that – especially for how good Tanaka is against the Rays, it's good that he gets off the Yankees. Yeah, like you were saying before about Paxton, I would personally I would love Paxton. I, I I agree. He's a cheap buy too, so he's a good fit for the Rays. I think he should be cheap. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be asking for like four plus years. He should probably be around one or two years. I I agree. Up, maybe like a Morton, maybe like a Morton deal, but cheaper. Yeah, I mean personally, I would probably sign him around twenty four million for two years. I would try that. Yeah, I I would probably go like nine nine or ten a year. Yeah, I was yes. gonna say two, um, but years, two years twenty. I w- I would. I'm curious if you would bite at that. Yeah, I mean, depends. It depends how how much other teams want him. I assume. I I I personally assume many teams are probably interested in him. We just haven't heard. I mean, his best days. I'm I'm hoping with us re-signing Zanino and his best days being as a him being as a Mariner with Zanino behind the plate would hopefully attract him to the Rays. But again, we don't know if the Rays are interested in him. They, it could be maybe too much of a price tag to be able to look at. But, I mean, yeah. even even people may look, like, maybe, like, be past the ERA and all that stuff. and Or people could look at the ERA and, like, man, he sucks. But really, he doesn't. Like, he's really good. And I think the most important part is that he's a veteran. Like, our rotation next year is going to be very young. I mean, Walk is, Walk is pretty old, but he's not, like, the – I don't know if he's a veteran leader like Morton was for a team, and I think Paxton could be. And we're going to need that because, I mean, Honeywell might start. I, I don't know. With McKay starting, with Yarbrough starting, those are three. Glass now is even young. Like, the, all those, all four of those pitchers are young. So This is I, true. This is true. Definitely use another uh, another veteran just like Morton was. Yeah. 32. I mean. He's much younger than what Morton was because Morton was 36 when he came over. So, honestly, that plays yeah. in the race favor big definitely. time. Definitely. Yeah. So about the LeMahieu deal, they got him for a steal. I don't know how that happened, but kudos to them. You have the second best second baseman in baseball. Congratulations. Second best second. Honestly, baseman you just got to admire the hell out of that that signing. Like that. It was I, it was a good yeah, signing. It was yeah. a good signing. The oh, Cooper yeah. deal. I think that right now I would have said max like eight or nine mil. But again, eleven doesn't seem like crazy expensive. But I think right now the type of pitcher that he is, it could end up benefiting them big time and it could also end up blowing up in their face big time so you know 11 million doesn't seem like a lot to the yankees but it could still be a lot so we don't mm-hmm. know 100 what's going to happen on that but it'll be interesting to see what happens we have two raise related stories now to kind of finish off our new segment of the pod for this episode starting with arbitration and the arbitration deadline the rays had six arbitration eligible players and were able to sign four of them by the deadline those four players being Yanni Chirinos, Manny Margot, Joey Wendell, and Tyler Glasnow. That leaves Ryan Yarbrough and G-Man Choi as the two players who weren't able to settle deals before the deadline, meaning that they have to sit through arbitration hearings. How do we feel about the arbitration deals, and is there any doubt that Yarbrough or G-Man won't be able to agree to deals with the organization through hearings? I think you know it's always going to be difficult when you're negotiating with the Rays. So obviously the contracts, I don't think... You know, they could get what they're kind of looking for, but, you know, you're not going to see, like, uh, I don't feel like each party is going to be satisfied with um, what what happens at the end of these arbitration deals, you know, because that's just not the way the Rays are. But it should be, it should be, it should be good, I think. That's the, that's the, probably the hardest part for the Rays. I mean, not the Rays, the players going to arbitration. It probably sucks for Choi and Yarbrough because they probably had to sit through just them going off and, like, not necessarily why they suck, but why they have, but why they should be lower money than what they think they should be getting but i think thankfully they're not going to be making nearly as much as like fam was i think the reason the biggest reason fam was like trade last year was because of the arbitration hearings and because he was most likely getting his side because i mean he was a really good player Choi and yarbrough 
they were close as well. Like they're closer to the Rays in my opinion. To like what they're how do I say this? The money money wise, I think it was closer to what the Rays kind of wanted compared mm-hmm. to like I think they wanted way more than what the Rays were getting were gonna give them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think it's fine, but I think it's definitely something to look out for just in case. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you ever you never know with the Rays. With I mean, Stu literally could have just said you stink, and that's why you're not getting like this money. I mean, you never know. But I mean, that was more of a joke. But um, it is very tough for the players in this situation because despite the fact that you know this is going to happen when you play for a small market team, it still sucks because you helped. I mean, especially G Man more than like Yarbrough. I would feel like G Man, the face of the franchise. I mean, he he is. One of the more likable guys, not it maybe if not the most likable guy on the team. A lot of my friends at school, um, whenever I'm watching a race game, they only know G Man, and I think that speaks that's a amazing. lot. Yeah, I think that speaks a lot to his personality. And we have a player that went to Maryland on our team, <laughs> and um, I think that speaks Jesus. a ton to Rick how Brandon. just how how likable G Man is as a guy. And it kind of sucks for him to go into this. He's like, I, he thinks he's like kind of the man, if that makes sense. Not cockiness, just like everybody likes He is G-Man. Him. He is G-Man. Like, he's kind of a brand. <laughs> he is not um, the man. He is G-Man. And it sucks for them because <laughs> they, know they're not, <laughs> they know they're not going to get paid that much. But it stinks kind of to see all that success not be rewarded in money. It also sucked. I don't think G-Man's necessarily happy. I don't think they necessarily would be anyways. But, with, I mean, Choi sent out a tweet as well the other day. I don't, maybe it could have nothing to do with the arbitration hearings. But considering it was, like, perfect timing, there's a good chance it would be. It was just, yeah. like, a little being un, un, unhappy. But I didn't even think that was possible. I don't think – I didn't think it was possible for G-Man to be not happy. But Yeah. <laughs> the Rays will do that to you. Yeah. Oh. Uh, are you talking about this one with the, the long-nosed sad face and then it's a, it's a gif of himself and he's just shaking his head? Yeah. Is it that one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Seems, there you go. seems a little mad. Might be it. I don't know. It's it's okay. He'll get that smile back on his face. Yeah, I mean, they weren't going to sign for crazy amounts of money, so honestly, all of the deals are going to be team-friendly. It's it's great that they got Glass now for four mil, considering he's going to be the ace of the rotation this season with with Snell not here anymore. That's that's quite good. Oh, definitely. For how long? Is it just a year? Yeah, it's just a year. But Just I mean, a year. I mean, four mil, that is, that is extremely team-friendly. That helps them out big time moving forward, and I think that's a big thing. Yeah. Kind of our last big raise news. So with the arbitration window closed, now the international signing window opened up on January 15th. It usually opens up on July 2nd. Obviously, with the COVID-19 pandemic, things were changed quite dramatically this season. The race took full advantage on the first day, signing two top 20 national prospects, Venezuelan shortstop Carlos Colmenares, who is the number four prospect on MLB's top 30 list, and the Dominican Republic outfitter Johnny Piron. I think that's how you say his last name, the number 17 prospect on that list. What do we know? And in total, the Rays signed 10 guys on that first day, six shortstops, three pitchers, and one outfielder. What do we know about these prospects? And most notably, why did the Rays decide of their 10 signings to sign six shortstops? Because what? (laughs) I mean, I don't know much about the prospects, so I'll let Gibby or Jeremy get that. But six shortstops? I mean, I feel like that's more trade bait than anything because – I mean, with Willie still being really young, Wander and Wan and Wander, like that's what I, I, I just don't understand it. They and got the they got the market cornered, dude. Like, if you want a shortstop? You go. Yeah, the you race. go. You go through the Rays. No kidding. We got a monopoly on the shortstops. <laughs> like, are you kidding? Like, I mean, I really hope it's mostly just for trade bait, which is smart in the end because I mean, you're not really that wrong, Gibby. Like, if you want a good shortstop, come to ta- or talk to talk to the Rays because. Apparently now we have a plethora of them. So well, that's like our outfield depth. Apparently our current outfield depth. That's like anyone can play left field. Yeah, like, with, like it's just that, like left field depth. Anyone on the race, other than Kiermaier, pretty much anybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of those things. It's one of those things. Uh, Jeremy, how are you feeling about this? Personally, very happy that we signed uh, Coleman Ares. I don't really pay attention necessarily to the uh, rankings. I know he's uh, he's got very high potential. He's got very good potential. I don't know how like fast he is or any of that. I know his bat is very good, though. He's got a very high ceiling. Piron, I know just from looking at him, watching his highlights, I'm not too high on his on his swing necessarily, on him being a hitter. If he did make the major leagues, I feel like he would mostly just be a defensive outfielder because that's mostly what he is, uh, defense only. 
or not defense only, but defense plus side. But Colmenars, I really like. Piron is all right. Mostly, I like all the signings we made. I don't think we need six shortstops, but hey, if Water and Wooly don't do good, surely the other million will. Yeah, if yeah. you get 10 of them, one of them's got to be good. So Yeah, obviously. Um, hey, Gibby, how are you feeling about it? So with all these shortstops, you know, you got to think, like, what are they What are they thinking here? Um, do, do they want to move? Gosh, I shouldn't even say this, but do they do they want to? Are they thinking about moving Wander? Don't say it. Why did you have to say it? Like, <laughs> there's no like, shot. No, no, no shot. But come, there's no like, chance. See, see, now there's they, a shot they, because you said got something, the, you moron. I mean, he's Colmenares is number four on the top thirty international prospects list. So I mean, he's pretty good. He's pretty. I'm good. excited about him more than I'm excited about uh, per, uh, Piron, mainly because of the fact that he's the fourth ranked. And Biron seventeen, so no yeah. offense to him, but you know, obviously Colmenares, and they signed him for three mil. So I mean, that's that's quite a lot for a seventeen-year-old Venezuelan shortstop. Wow. Does anyone know what Wander's making right now? I have no clue. But how much did he get signed for originally? Because- I have no. I mean, I, I I follow him on Instagram, and I know he has a Lamborghini, so I know he must be making bank. I'm assuming that he used uh, that signing got- bonus. Yeah, and he's he probably got a has contract a for. Four mil? He probably has a ton of sponsorships too because he's Jesus. by far the most famous prospect in the whole MLB. So he is. Wander, wander. He is. I mean, Colmenares should be good. Again, he's 17, so he's not coming up to the big leagues anytime soon. We've got a lot of our top prospects. I'm pretty sure Bruhan was already was also IFA. Bru, Bruhan had to be an IFA. That that would that would make sense. The Rays are definitely always looking overseas for talent. When did we sign Wander? 2016? 2015? 2016? 2016? 16 or 7? Wait, 16 or 17? One of those. 17. 17. So, so it's going to be like five years until they come up to the big leagues. So it'll be a while. Going, It's kind of off topic, but would you guys, who would you guys rather keep? Or who would you, who would you guys rather, uh, who would you be more sad seeing leave? Willie Adamas or Wander? This is something we've Wander. talked about on the podcast before. Wander. But I guess not even a question. That's a t- I mean, no, it's not even a question for me because Willie's good, but Wander has such so much of a higher ceiling that, and I don't feel as attached to Willie as I do Wander because Willie's angered me when he's hit. Because <laughs> he's all, very inconsistent at times. I would also say Willie, or like, uh, no, I would say Wander. If I if, like the question was, who do you be sadder to see leave? I would be Wander, but it would be closer than Alex. Is saying just because like yeah. like Willie's a proven amazing yeah. fielder, and he's like, also he's like a, a heart and soul of the team. He, so. he is, and they, see that would be bad. But like I have like this he, feeling that Wander's going to become that. Mm, that's why I'm. That's like he's so good that I'm just like I can live without Willie, and then Wander comes up and be, and becomes a stud. I also think that Wander's really. I mean, especially for the Rays, the small market. Like Wander's, a, the Rays need him. They need the media attention. They need the publicity because Wander will bring that when he, he I mean, he's already brought that. And yeah, he's not, and please. he hasn't played a game in the majors. And once they bring him up to the majors, I mean, even Bleach Report and like even, I think ESPN were freaking out when Wander posted on a story like the World Series jersey of his. They're like, oh my, like, is he, are they going to play him or something? And he didn't even play. And I think that's just like, a precedent of what's going to happen when Wander kind of comes up to the league because he's going to get a lot of media attention and the Rays need that in order deservedly to so deservedly yeah. so because I mean he there's only I think I saw there's only a list of like less than you know it's like a handful of players that have been ranked the top prospect in baseball two years in a row it's like him I think Bryce Harper and then two other two or three other people and Willie just doesn't bring that. I love him. I love Willie's one of my favorite players, but he just doesn't bring that media attention that yeah. Wander will bring. Which and sucks, but I think that's a huge presence that Wander's going to give to the Rays. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but excited for the signings. I'm excited for what they're going to. Again, it's going to be years before we see them, so we'll have to see them slowly develop. But we will see them slowly develop, and hopefully, they'll become good. Call me crazy. I would re- personally, I like being under the radar in a smaller market. I know it's going to be big for us when we get Wander, and I don't, I doubt we trade him, but I feel like if we were to trade Wander, like, come on. He's the best prospect in baseball. 
we're bound to get something good. Yeah. I feel like that's what I see. I, no, I just don't want to think about that. That just hurts my brain. I know. <laughs> like, we've been... But- Wander for DeGrom. Do it now, Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> I want it. <laughs> Wander for DeGrom. Is the- one for one. Castillo? You want Castillo? <laughs> <laughs> Wander for Castillo. No, he's not worth Castillo. I mean, yeah, one for one, maybe, yeah, but yeah, I think he's worth like so much better of a player. Jimmy, I agree with that. I, like, I do agree. Like, I feel like, like his price is so high, but I think most race fans, including me, we've waited so long. We've heard so much about this guy. I and then see him away, start at least once. <laughs> and then someone takes him away. Like, I, I want to see him in the powder blues once. Like, some, like, yeah, just <laughs> there was like one season. Like just one there, season, there, well, and then uh, then if he's really good still, then I hope we keep him. But I understand if we move him because we could get like a haul back, and oh, I just absolutely. think that, I I just like I I like that idea, Jeremy. I just think that most people are kind of sick and tired of waiting for him. They really want to see him play. Agreed. And, and they're and they would be very upset if we never got to see him play in a race uniform. Agreed. I I see both sides personally. It would hurt seeing either one go. This is I've true. Attached to Willie since he first came up, Dude. even though I wasn't into prospect at the time, and I had no idea who Willie was when he hit the when he hit his first home run off a of sale. But oh yeah, that was awesome. I've been a. Uh, I remember that. I I don't want to talk about it because I spent the whole day waiting for him because I had that feeling he was gonna hit a home run off sale, and I spent the whole day and. Went downstairs for one second, didn't realize he had a home run, came back upstairs and missed it. But there's many other players that we should be focusing on trading before him, like Kiermaier. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is 100%. I don't want to see him go either, but. I don't want oh, I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm fine if KK goes because he sucks at hitting. He's just, <laughs> he's too valuable. I mean, he's top three, maybe even top two, maybe even the best center fielder in the league, defensively, is, uh, d- defense-wise. It, I mean, other than maybe Trout. His defense also has slowly taken a decline, and his contract's heavy as well. He's getting older. He is getting older. He can't hit. He, I mean, he, he had key hits in the playoffs, but, like, overall wasn't that good. Yeah, he, um, he went off in the World Series. Yeah. He did, but it's just, like, where was that at in the regular season? Because it just oh, yeah, was no, we, non-existent. We used that in many games. He's still got it, though, in the field. He's, like, I know it's a little bit of a decline in center field for him, but, I mean – to be fair, that, that just that's just what happens when you get older. I mean, you become slower, you become less agile, and he's still really quick. I mean, he's still probably the quickest guy on the team, other than maybe Margot. Margot might be quicker, but um, I mean, he's a he's a just a versatile player. Yes, he can't bat, but if he gets on base, almost an automatic stolen base. He's a very good base dealer. He's just a very good base runner in general, and he is another leader of the team. He's the longest tenured raise right on the team so i don't know he's it would that would just be sad to see you go i think yeah i i think it would definitely be sad for me too you know you're right he doesn't hit very well you know he's like kind of like a 220 career like 220 hitter something around there so i mean that's not that's not good but other than that like he's he's had many moments for this team so obviously i'd be sad you know when once he leaves you know if that happens, when that happens, and I think at this point it's not really if it's kind of when. Um, I mean, I mean that's that's the eventuality with every raised player. You know, it's if it's not if they get traded, it's to when. So it'll it'll be interesting to see. Before we get to talking more about you, Jeremy, I wanted to take some time to discuss the future of MLB when it comes to marketing the game. This discussion comes after what the NFL did during its postseason, broadcasting the Chicago Bears versus New Orleans Saints NFC wildcard game on CBS as well as a simulcast on Nickelodeon to cater to a young audience, this being the first time that a game has ever been broadcast on Nickelodeon. Honestly, I really enjoyed watching it, and I thought that the network did a fantastic job at presenting and simplifying the game of football to a younger audience, which is what it was trying to cater towards. What can MLB take from something like what the NFL did and use that to market the league better? Because right now, it's honestly embarrassing how badly MLB markets itself and its best players. What can MLB do better? It's, I mean, their, their struggles are very are very clear. Um, MLB, they, they have... They got no swag anymore with the kids anymore. It's it's just a, fact, a matter of fact. They used to have all the swag in the world with the kids. I mean, when Ken Griffey Jr. was popping, yeah, that was when, that was when every kid was paying attention to their screen and they were all watching Seattle Mariners games and they're all they all loved them. You know, like I think you really just need, you know, we have those superstars, we have those those personalities that can be like impactful. It's just you got to market them better, like. The marketing has just been so bad, you know, and we, I, I, I fully believe that there should be, 
they should either put put a game on Nick or they should put a game on Cartoon Network or something like I, I I just think I I thought the Nickelodeon NFL thing was great. I I feel like it's probably gonna help them in the future with more audience reach, and I feel like they should do it like even more often, not just Wild Card Weekend. Do it like regular season games, maybe like two games a year. It, it's it's I, I I just think the the MLB should take a playbook from the NFL because the NFL is so much better at marketing the, the children, and it just it just shows right now. You can just tell by ratings because nfl just dominates the ratings so um, take, take a page from their book mlb first off that's another thing they also had all the uh, they left the kids play movement they had all that what happened to that also because then you had tatis hitting that grand slam and it even went on before that when like when tim anderson had the bat flip and all that and they're marking like oh let the kids play and brad keller comes in and hits him with the next pitch and i understand some people can find that as disrespectful but at the same time then they completely threw out the window, and now they don't even market Left the Kids. And there's that. Not to mention, they, they don't market Mike Trout nearly enough as they should. I don't see him nearly as much enough, in my opinion. The good news is they're they are they're not, they're um they're starting to market Tatis more, and that's good because he's the next young superstar that's gonna come up and is gonna be amazing for years to come. And not only that, but like we badly need a, another game as well, like on uh, Nick. That would be very cool. I, I think it was a I think it was a very good idea. Like I think the MLB would benefit a lot if the younger generation would get into the game earlier and just quicker into their life. Maybe they get introduced to baseball before football, so they kind of be attached to baseball rather than football. But I mean, this might be a hot take on this podcast, but I don't know how effective that was. Mm-hmm. I think it was more. I don't know. I just don't know how many actually young kids watched that and kind of learned anything from that. I thought, I thought, I mean, granted I am kind of getting most of my information from Twitter and it was mostly like people my age and older watching mm-hmm. the game kind of just for fun, just to see what a different kind of broadcasting style was in a football game. Yeah. So no. like, well, I, I, don't, I don't follow, I don't follow a lot of 10 year olds. So I don't really know. Yeah, I don't either. So. How, how successful <laughs> it was. Yeah. But, <laughs> I don't think they also um, have Twitter. So that kind no, of, yeah. Yeah. So kind I of, kind of survivorship bias there kind of, but you know, <sighs> Like, I could be wrong, but I just yeah. feel like it didn't like do the, its goal, and I, it pro- it could have it could have. I just yeah. I mean, but... I, I think there's some kid that probably learned, yeah. At least there's, 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 there's as long as there's one, you know. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's definitely potential there. There is. Yeah. There's yeah. There's potential, and it was the first time, so yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not a ton of people knew about it, but as they go, they do it once. Maybe the MLB. Maybe what the NHL and NBA does it. Um, it just gets more publicity and i think it could benefit the children yeah that's another thing on um, get uh, getting off a little off topic again but that's another thing to market the game better bring back players weekend and like Without like the black and white jerseys those are so stupid they were, oh were bad. my god they were bad and then back to the nickelodeon uh, i think emily very, very badly needs that or something like that also if we're gonna change it up a bit not necessarily get rid of what the the, the nbp Nickelodeon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Trubisky won that, and Trubisky. everyone did enough. Shout I out mean, to him. It vote Trubisky just because just to be fun with it. But at the same time, they made it way too easy to vote for people who weren't who weren't necessarily good that game. Yeah, it's true. I mean, that's just that's just people they're gonna troll, you know. Oh, trolls, uh, yeah. trolls be yeah. trolling. You know, I but, am. Well, I was gonna say I am very much for trying to expand the game as much as possible, and I think one of the big problems that we're now seeing is is that one of the best people who is helping to expand the game is Trevor Bauer, who I know he's oh, a yeah, good yeah. pitcher, but he's done a lot of bad things, and that's not the guy that we want to be the number one ambassador of baseball as much as. As much as I'm sure that a bunch of people who like him would 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 want him to be that, I don't think that's the image that Major League Baseball wants to convey. Is that Trevor Bauer is like our ambassador of the yeah, game? Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's the face of baseball. Yeah, think, yeah. Well, so. I mean, considering, I mean, he's done a lot to help. You know, mm-hmm. like just individually in the last year, and not not even the last year, but like six to eight months, just just doing stuff, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, Trout is under-marketed like crazy, which is insane because I could probably go up to a casual sports fan and I could ask them, I mean, even hockey, they would know who Sidney Crosby and, and, and Alex Ovechkin and Connor McDavid are. 
maybe not Leon Dreisaitl, but those three guys, I'm sure they would probably know who they are. Obviously, football is quite easy. Basketball is quite easy. If you ask someone who Mike Trout was or could pick him out, they no, no way. No way that the casual sports fan could identify who he is, which is insane considering that Mike Trout is probably right now, nine seasons currently in his major league career, probably one of the top 100, if not top 75 or top 50 greatest players in major league baseball history already. And he's basically at like the halfway point in his career. So the fact that they can't market him is just insane. There's a bunch of different ways that they could do this and they could cater this to a younger audience of people. That's that's an, that's actually another – I didn't even think about that until now. There's actually only two baseball games that people would actually recognize, like a casual baseball fan would recognize. It's MLB show, and he got – what is it? MLB – I forget. Backyard baseball. Not even backyard baseball. That I don't even, I don't even know, but. Well, two. I mean, 2K probably not. Maybe like out of the park baseball. Yeah, a lot of RBI. Old people, a lot of old people would be like home run derby stuff. Ken Griffey Jr.'s oh, yeah. all-star Ken baseball or something like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. So they don't. I feel like they they don't have enough of like baseball games out there. And you yeah. saw how did two K went out right the window. They had their games there. They had theirs and they had MLB twelve, MLB two K twelve. They had MLB two K thirteen. That was the last one. And that yeah, was I think at least they cornered uh, the market with MLB the show for sure. Yeah, and that's the only game that people mo- mostly buy. I even then I don't think MLB the show really gets marketed that much as well compared to like other games like 2k and all that other ones they they just need to find a way to market the game better in any sort of aspect yes but that's it and just like what alex was saying before about a casual sports fan in general probably wouldn't recognize trout i can come probably confirm this i remember my two best friends they're uh heavy diehard uh nba and nfl fans and i we are we weren't really quizzing but i asked my question and i said how much I asked him how much do they think Mike Trout's contract would be worth? And the the answer they straight up gave me was who's Mike Trout? Wow. So yeah, that uh that says it all. Yeah. If I've ever heard it before. Like Yeah. Absolutely. As of now, we can hold out hope for some progress being made on the marketing side of things for MLB in the years to come. Now it's time for us and for you to get to know Jeremy a bit better. So starting off, Jeremy, tell us your story of your race fandom. When did things really first start taking off for you? So first off, the Rays, I mainly started watching the Rays when I was basically four, and I was uh, in 2008 when we did make the World Series. But for me, and I've said this on Twitter before, I was born to basically four teams to like. It was between the Yankees, Red Sox, Rays, and Mets because everyone else in my family, I'm the only person in my family born in Florida. So automatically, I was at a disadvantage. I made the right choice and hated the Yankees, but mostly I, I, I was kind of just attracted to the Rays the most. And that's because there was those my, that was my local team, and uh, those were those, those were he they were basically the only team I could really watch as well back in 2008 as well. And I could watch the Red Sox because we had them, but and I really don't even mind the Red Sox that much. I don't like them nearly as much as I liked in like 2017, 2018. Right now, I don't really like them at all. But it's I I mainly just I mainly just I was the only one only one in the family born born in Florida. Even now, I'm the only one in my family that likes the Rays. Everyone else, my dad is a Yankee fan. My mom is a Met fan, or not a Met fan, Red Sox fan. My grandpa is a Met fan, and my grandma's a big Red Sox fan. I got you guys are all over the place. Wow. Your family's all crazy. You, oh, yeah, you, make, you, you make the house divided term legit. It's not even. It's not even my grandpa. My grandpa is a Red Sox fan. I have a ton of uncles and all that. Uncles, most of my uncles are Met fans. The other half, of the um, my uncles are Yankees. Tony Yankee fans, and I guess this, so- this just seems like there'd be so many different arguments and problems that would come up at the dinner table. Yeah, you know, I can't, I can't imagine Thanksgiving dinner. That would be just Easy baseball solution. talk. Easy solution. We uh, just don't. <laughs> we try not to get into sports. <laughs> Um, leave sports out of it. So, so it's not even it's not even leave politics out of the table. It's leave sports off yeah. the table. Oh, you know that's, that's where the real blood comes from. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, if sports are mentioned on the table, I I really said, well, uh, in the end, we made the World Series last. So. Oh, yeah. You hey, won that's the, the biggest last, thing. That's the so. biggest thing. And then they're gonna beam a ninety-eight mile per hour fastball by your head. Yeah, me too. So do you? So are you from the area? Do you do you live in the Tampa Bay area currently? No. Okay. I, hours out of tampa bay okay so 
how often are you getting to games over the course of a season? And are you going to different minor league affiliates? Are you going to spring training? For me, I live an hour out from our spring in Port Charlotte. I live an hour from Port Charlotte. I live about two and a half hours or two, two, two and a half hours from the trop. I, I try to get to at least, I, I, I like, we don't get to many race games. Um, we get to at least probably one or two Port Charlotte spring training games a year. We don't get to any minor league games and with Port Charlotte, not even our affiliate anymore. Um, I've actually never been to a raised minor league game. Mm-hmm. I've been to a ton of twins minor league games because I live like 15 minutes from uh, the, from their, the, I think the Mighty Clams or whatever they're in now. And then I've been to a ton of, uh, or not Red Sox games, but I've been to some college games as well because five minutes from my house, there's like, I forget who plays there, but there's a college team plays there. We have a ton of college teams in, the, in my area. But I get to probably about two or three raised games a year. Back in 2017, I got to seven, and that's probably the most I ever got to. I'll probably never get to seven again, but that was a fun time. In 2019, I got to, I think, two. I got to the Rays July 4th game, and then I got to a one against the Blue Jays. The Rays games are amazing to go to. So, Jeremy, since you are a decent driving distance away from the trap and live in a family where there are numerous favorite teams, how is that viewing experience like for you as the Rays fan in the family? No, actually, I watch, I watch the Rays games with my dad because he actually doesn't mind the Rays. Okay. Yeah, so I'll probably about 60 of the games I'll probably watch on my own. I'll probably watch like the late night games. If we're out west and all that, I'm going to watch in my room. I'm going to watch right when I'm going to bed. If it's mm-hmm. like an early the 1 o'clock start, I'm watching my own. If it's going to like start, though, like at 7, I'm probably watching downstairs with my family. My mom doesn't really watch, but yeah. Okay. When you go, when you go to games, do you kind of circle when the Yankees and Red Sox play just yep. to like kind of give you your mom and dad? Their team too, um, and then your team. Yes, I love watching the Yankees and Red Sox play. It's always. Oh yeah, play. what did what did your dad think about kind of what happened between the Yanks and the Rays this year? He hates Chapman. Oh, cool. oh okay. Well, then he's on our side. Yeah, he's cool. He's cool. He's cool. <laughs> it's mostly just because he likes how they run the organization. He likes the Rays mostly because of me. I made him. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, you got him on the but, good side. Yeah, no, he's 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 in he's in neutral. He's in neutral. Okay, I, I respect that. I respect that. So. From that, let's talk about Twitter for a little bit. So obviously, you're quite a big presence on Ray's Twitter. You're part of the Rays, and it's and it's quite a good time. When did Twitter first become a thing for you? When did you start really getting into it? And at what point did you realize that you could possibly become a presence within the community to where you are now? Yeah, I joined Ray's Twitter in 2019 when we were facing the Mariners, and it was like a week before that, actually it had been since basically 2018. I had been following race Twitter since like 2018, not totally race Twitter necessarily, but I had been looking at the race and seeing what everyone was saying. But in 2019, I really wanted to join Twitter and I was like, okay, that's it. I have to join it. So I did join it. And uh, immediately I joined, I, I, uh, I connected with a lot of the race fans and it's been, it's been a really good, a really good experience for me. And I've gone along with every single person, basically. I mean, there's probably been a couple that hate me, <laughs> but that's mostly because I talk a lot. So there you go. Like when I say I talk a lot, I mean I can I can talk trash at times. So yeah, talk, talk that smack, talk that smack, dude. And some Before sometimes you, know. you gotta talk that haters, smack. Haters and gonna up. hate. Haters gonna hate. Sometimes remember, you gotta talk that smack. I remember when we designated a Renfro for assignment, and some guy retweeted that and added me. And Tommy goes, oh, well, guess what happens when you don't listen to me or whatever? And I was, I was like, really? You, there was, he went out of your way just to go ahead. And I was like, man, I'm living rent free in your. <laughs> but I love race Twitter. It's fun. Yeah, race Everyone Twitter is a lot of fun. It's been, it's, nice it's little, been, it's been a fun ride recently. I don't, it's a nice little community. It really is. Do do you feel that? Do you feel that community sense, Jeremy? When you're, when you know, when you're interacting with people, especially like in the group chat and that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, full on. I mean, we're the community is growing big time as well. In the last year since I've joined, the community has grown. Has it's there's been so much growth in the community. Now I get to see, I I met like way more people that share the same knowledge that, as me and love watching the Rays and love cheering for them and all that. Yeah, it's also it's also good to know they're out there. Yeah, yeah. it really is. I, I say that every time, Gibby. 
I say that every time too. It, it, I, well, I know, I know, but Evan, it is a refreshing. Been, Evan, you've been in isolation like from any race fans, from so you, first, you and Alex yeah. for for so long. Oh, I've so, been, I've been so way more is, isolated than you. I've been way is, more isolated yeah. than both of you. Because, because yeah. even at like Bulls games, I still see some Rays jerseys. Yeah, true. yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I got, I got, I got nothing up here in New Jersey. It's nothing. There is no. It's just Philly. What's fans. that? Ray, like my uncle. <laughs> yeah, that's they're an M- they're an MOB team. Who the Rays? Oh, I've gone there with my friend as well. By the way, Me so. too. That's annoying. <laughs> oh, oh, they're that professional lacrosse team. I've heard of them before. Oh yeah, it's not like yeah. we just won the pennant or anything. But, yeah, uh... it whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Uncultured oh. people. Uncultured. All right, Jeremy. A few quick hitters for you before we end this. Favorite past, present, and all-time Rays player. All-time favorite race player, David Price. Okay. I, of course, as well, 2008, when I first got into it as well, he was coming up, big-time prospect. And we started him off in the bullpen, closed out the 2008 ALCS for us. Loved David Price. was hurt seeing him go years back. But, I mean, we have Boyd Dombas now, so I'm better from that. Um, <laughs> current, my favorite current, Ray, that's tough because basically a flip-flop every other day. Okay. Between why I uh, like the most. And once again, when games are going on, I can easily love Willie Damas, and then he can easily make an easy error, and he can immediately just go down to my hatred list. If Blake Snell was still on the team, it would be Blake Snell. But he's gone now, so I would probably say KK, just because he's been the uh, longest here. I have his jersey right now. I love KK. I've never gotten mad from him. I, I, about, I, do, I do like KK. Just what about what yeah. about past? So not so not all-time, not not current, but just another guy that you really liked. As a Ray? Yeah. As a Ray. Oof. Desmond Jennings. Ooh. Dude, I like that pick. I That's like our that first Desmond Jennings shout out on the podcast. I, I I used to love Desmond. That's a good pick. I like that, Jeremy. Guy, I don't know why, nice but uh, I don't know why. Him and Yunel Escobar, actually. Him and Yunel Escobar. I like this guy. I, I like him. Yunel is my guy, too. He, he was great. My, like both of those guys. Those are, those, are, those are some good picks. My first ever Rays game I went to, it ended on a Yunel Escobar walk-off, so... Well then, wasn't, well, then that's a sentimental pick. I like it. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily, you know, doing anything. I mean, it was bases loaded and a little wild pitch, and he scored off of that. But I miss, you know, Escobar because I loved him when he was a Ray as well. And I actually thought he actually – I didn't realize how much time he actually spent. I thought it was way longer than just, like, two years with us, but I didn't realize. But um, nonetheless, though, I really liked him. I think he also started, like, a, a total, like, a benches-clearing incident with the Red Sox as well. I remember we, we that. We do like that. Yeah. And then <laughs> we like the, Desmond – We like the feisty guys. Oh, yeah, no, I love the, the feisty guys. I love them. And then there's Desmond Jennings. It's really weird. He's always stuck with me, though. I've always liked him. He was just a guy where, like, even when he when was with us, I he was always the guy that I always thought was going to break out at some point. He just never truly did. Yeah. And it sucks, but I I did really like him as well when he was a Ray. That's a good way of describing him, for sure. And I mean, that I'll never forget Desmond Jennings's, um what was it, two-run double in the 2013 wildcard game. I think down the left field side. You guys remember yeah. that? I don't know I if I 100% remember it, but um, uh, I don't know. I, I I really liked them. I really liked Desmond Jennings when he was. He came up in big too, spots, so. which is the most important thing. He did. He did. Oh, if wait. there was one other guy, I would pick us probably Will Myers as well. If there's one other guy, I'd pick us probably Will Myers. It's another good like choice. That. All right, next thing. Obviously, the Trop has quite a reputation. Gets quite a reputation for a bunch of different things. A, do you think that it gets a bad rep? And B, from the times that you've been to the trap, what do you think is the most, you know, is the best amenity, best thing about it? it I, in my opinion, I definitely think it gets a bad rep. It shouldn't get nearly as bad of a rep as it does, in my opinion. I will agree. It's, it is probably bottom tier. And the outside really doesn't look as good as it, as in my opinion, as like the inside. Nearly, the inside, in my, my opinion, is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I've had bad experiences in the past, but... That was probably that was before they've all upgraded the like when when they did all the refurbishments or not necessarily refurbishments but when they added all the stuff back in 2019, the food has gone so much better. They added the seating out in the left field. What is that? I forget, I don't remember what they call it, but the left field back wall. They had oh those, yeah, oh yeah, like the left field, left field terrace area. Oh, left field. Like, yeah. sponsored yeah. by Louisiana yeah. hot sauce. And that's that's I I I don't really I have never visited that there or whatever. But in my opinion, the the best part of the ballpark is probably either the right tank or there's the uh, center field back in the center field. Either way, I mean, I really like the the whole the whole park. I really like. There's always just you. There's always just something about the trap that I always love. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't like I, I think it's mostly a bad rep just because people like and that's another thing most of the time when people like say like always complain about Twitter it's always about oh well no one ever goes to the games or oh the trap sucks or and then when I'll ask them for like why it sucks or whatever they'll just end up just sharing like a photo of like when it was back in like 2014 and it was like just old and just didn't look good or back in like 2016 even like now the the park has gotten so much better and they've done so many so just they've gone through so much to get the, the lights park. the lights are by far one of the coolest additions i oh. i am one i'm a believer that they should always shine the light blues up in the terrace so you can just tell where the ball is if you're an outfielder you know and you want to try to catch a catch a ball but i guess that's like one of our advantages yeah i think it's an advantage for us for it to be white because we're used oh, it's to definitely it. an advantage. Yeah. I mean, we won two of those Atlanta Braves games this season because the Atlanta Braves just didn't know what they were doing out in the truck. Especially if it's a cloudy day outside, you can't see the ball. Like, <laughs> it's not good for opposing outfielders. Yeah. Not only that, but we also have the stereo systems. We got the catwalks. We got the radio systems. All that. Um, there's a, there's it's a bunch of It's stuff. like the most interesting ballpark in one of the. Oh, most I know. Ones. Yeah. Yeah, um, for both for both good and bad reasons. Good, good and bad reasons. Obviously. Whenever whenever I get a chance to stay on to Yankee fans, I can always I always have a screenshot where it says MVP and it shows the catwalks, and I'll send it to uh the Yankee fans, and they'll always just hate on me because of the 2018. They get a Yankee. little mad after that one. Favorite thing from the 2020 season? I'm gonna go ahead and say Mike Brusso's homer. All right, I respect that. That's a good pick. Two things about Wander. A, do you think he's getting called up this year? And B, if he does, when? I do. Uh, I do think he will get called up this year, and I think it'll be A. I think Yandi is going to get injured at some point this year. It's at least at, at this point, it's come like there's always at one point in the season where Yandi is not in the lineup, and it's because he's injured. Like he's missed half the games both both times, both seasons as a right. He's missed at least half the um, games. So I think at one point, as as, as soon as uh, Yandi gets hurt, Wander is going to get called up. Unless it's early on in the year. If it's like in May, he's not going to get called up. But I do think Wander is going to get called up at least after All-Star break and uh, when Yandi gets injured. I, I hope he doesn't get injured, but it's my take. All right. And then final thing, 2021 season, what are you most looking forward to? A World Series ring. All right. I like it. That's a great way to end it. All right. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much for taking the time to come on. If people don't follow you uh, on social media or follow what you're doing, what is your handle? Where can people find you? My handle is at W-E-D-3-N-I, and then my username just at Wadini. But yeah, just follow my Twitter, and I'm almost at 500, so. Well, Jeremy, I'm glad we figured out a time to meet to have you on for the pod, and we really wanted to thank you so much for coming on this episode, and we enjoyed having you on and bringing your insight to the pod. For everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in to the end of this episode, for listening through the entire thing. We really appreciate and all of the support we've received thus far. If you want to follow the podcast, feel free to follow us on Twitter at RaiseTheRoofTB. The RTRTB are all capitalized. And on Instagram at RaiseTheRoofTB, all lowercase. If you have any comments, questions, or criticisms of the podcast, you can DM us on Twitter or email us at RaiseTheRoofTB at gmail.com, all lowercase as well. As for this podcast, feel free to subscribe and drop a review. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So from all of us, stay safe, stay healthy. Please wear a mask and raise up. Raise Raise up, up, baby. baby.